Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the afternoon. Ask anything here from DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter here with Taylor Haas and Tom Reed. We're here to take all your questions. So this, of course, is the video format. Uh, we're go- This is also going to be reproduced as a podcast. So for those who maybe can't stick around the whole time, you'll be able to get it on DK Sports Radio later. So be, tu- be tuning in for that. Of course, today we are taking all your questions. We're on Facebook Live. We're on YouTube. We're on Periscope. Anywhere that you're in viewing us, leave a comment in, in, the, in the stream, and then we will be able to get to it and answer it right here on the show. Should put, the, put this out here, though. You got a football guy. You got a football hockey guy. And you got one of the best hockey riders in the world. So we're not the baseball crew. So if you got some Pirates questions, we can try. But you know that ain't our that ain't our wheelhouse. That ain't that ain't something where we we'll, we gonna hit a home run on all the time. So do keep that in tune for uh for questions. Before we get started, I gotta ask Tom. You smoking on a, on a cigar over there, man? What kind of doobie you got? Uh, <laughs> uh, this is just uh this is just an everyday cigar. I want this to have a. You guys are too young for this, but kind of a Dean Martin roast feel. Where back in the day, Dean. Martin and all of his celebrity friends would get together and they would drink on stage and they would all be smoking. So it's just a little, little bit of a Dean Martin roast vibe. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Lots of stuff there. All right. We do have a question um, already. And this is obviously a hockey question. Matt Wishon asks, let's talk about the, the almost implosion last night, please. Because I listen, I wasn't able to watch. I was cranking out center footage on the NFL draft but I'm just getting all the updates on my phone. I'm like, oh, the Penguins are crushing them. Oh, they're not crushing. Them. Oh, God, this is getting really close. And they go, okay, they pulled it out. What happened, guys? God, you go, ahead, Taylor. You jump yeah, first. We, well, Tom and I were just talking before you we went live. Like, what we do now on the site is, you know, we we put up like a, just a real quick gamer kind of as soon as the just a straight recap as soon as the game ends. And I had to do that last night. It was me, Dave, and Day in there. And um, I started at second intermission. And I had the word like route in the headline because I mean they're up like <laughs> six nothing, and then like. I was like, maybe like when I write my actual story, it'll be about Tristan Jari's shutout. And then like he let in the first one. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got to think of something else now. And then uh, things, yeah, it, it started falling apart. And uh, there there are a lot of different guys. Latang looked awful. Jari looked looked pretty bad. And I mean, he, uh, that last goal was was on him. I don't know if you guys saw, but um, the, the one that they scored in the last minute to make it a one goal game, it's because he was going for the empty netter. Like, um they the the devils dumped the puck in and he he grabbed it well he he tried to grab it put it in front of his stick it didn't work out he lost it they got it and then he 
they put it behind the net. He skated behind the net because it looked like he was going to try to get the puck and, and shoot it. And then that's when he lost it and they scored. But, uh, yeah, that could have been an awful, awful uh, comeback. Uh, comeback one for the Devils. Great comeback one for the Devils. Awful uh, collapse for the Penguins. But, yeah. Didn't they make on. history, Taylor? It was, it was six goals. The first team to ever win a game in which they gave up six goals in the third period. Yeah, that was – yeah, I've obviously never seen anything like that. I think the, uh, you know, the first question to Sullivan was like, what happened? And he's like, I've never seen anything like that. Uh, you, know, you know what? The Devils, I'll say this. There are, they, they've, their collective roster is a minor league team right now. But oh, yeah. A, they're very fast. B, uh, there's some high-end talent, some of those young guys. And C, they don't give up in games. Over the weekend, they did this twice to the Rangers. And the Rangers ended up hanging on. And in one game, they came all the way back and tied it, and the Rangers had to win in the last minute. But you can expect this the next two games, too. The Devils, they don't care. They're not playing for anything other than trying to stay in the lineup and in the future plans of this organization. And again, there is they fly. They are a fast team, and they're, they're just going to keep coming at teams. Yeah, I mean, and because I mean, they were missing a lot of key guys going into this. They obviously traded Palmieri's Ajax. Um they had the, their two top then leading scorers were then injured. Uh, Mackenzie uh, Blackwood was injured. Their starting goalie, P.K. Stabin, went on the COVID list. <laughs> like, mm. um, so it was a lot of the guy. Because like when I watch like Wilkes-Barre and, and Binghamton and AHL a lot, like they're their affiliate. And um, I've seen like, like I'm looking at like, you know, the, the roster start the game. And I was like, I think this is like Binghamton's roster, like Connor Carrick, there's Nolan Foote. And then, uh, but then, you know, like Nolan Foote got a goal. So it was like the young guys uh, really doing it for them. It certainly looked looked like that. You know, is this is there anything alarming about the, how that worked? I mean, they still got the win, but you know, is is there something that's alarming right now um, for the Penguins to see to see goals given up that quickly and some of the worries that people that everyone's kind of having, like, uh, is something weird going to happen in April that messes up the flow that this team has had? Um, I would say they they've lost the, well that that and then the loss to the Sabers the thing they kept repeating in like the post games was you know that they just got outworked which I think is like concerning um this time of year I think Bluger said that too like like people are like in 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 Buffalo Mm -hmm. um like everyone's kind of asked like you know should (laughs) it's this time to worry and Bluger said like it's a bit concerning that it's happening at this time of year um but uh again I don't know what you could if you could look at last night's game and say like okay this is uh okay because uh, like that that's just so out of the ordinary like I've never seen anything no one's ever seen anything like that um I don't know again yeah, like what Lewis says they're all playing for a job it is like a lot of young guys who mm-hmm. like like Nolan Foot scores first like NHL goal last night um and I've mentioned this on our on our podcast the 6687 podcast that it uh, it's kind of like the 0304 <laughs> Penguins because I just did like the oral history on those guys and mm-hmm. they had, you know, the 18 game losing streak. They were terrible. But then after they broke the streak um, in the, you know, last stretch of the season when there, there was no pressure, they went like the 11, five and two to finish the season, like just a really good stretch for that team. And it's because it was a bunch of young guys uh, looking for a shot on the roster uh, and, just playing with no pressure. So, uh, yeah, they have, what, another series against Buffalo. That's not going to be easy. These games against New Jersey are not going to be easy, um, like we might have thought earlier in the season. 
Certainly. Let's switch topics real quick to football. We have a question here from Josh Thomas. Also, again, if you're watching this stream, leave a comment. We will get to it on this show and answer your questions. We're focusing on Steelers and Penguins right now. A little bit of pit, too, if you want to get there into college sports. If you want to give a Pirates question, get asked away. Just know that none of our Pirates writers are on, are, are on uh, the stream right now. But this question comes from Josh Thomas, who says Steelers going forward with Big Ben this year. If you had to fast forward to the following year, what do you think the Steelers do at quarterback if Ben decides to retire? Good question, Josh, because that's the million-dollar question, right? Everyone wants to know what's coming next. The Steelers always weigh their options. They try not to sell the farm. I don't think that they would do a move like the Niners did this year where they traded three first-round picks to get the third overall pick of the draft. That's not their way. But what they will look at is, hey, what's this quarterback class looking like is, you know, cause everyone always looks like this year. Everyone's talking about oh, it's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Trey Lance and then they, and, and Zach Wilson and all these guys. We're talking about these guys often every year. Like they're the only quarterbacks that will ever be available again. But this time next year, people are going to be talking about Sam Howell from North Carolina or Desmond Riddler or Phil Jerkovic. Jer- 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 so it's going to be, um, it, it's going to be dif- difficult to, uh, to to assess who those guys are. I mean, who knows? Next year, if Aaron Rodgers, you know, we saw how that Heather season ended with the Packers this year. What if he's just mad? And he's like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not. I'm done with the Packers. That could shake up the entire quarterback market. There could be other quarterbacks. We saw several quarterbacks move this offseason alone. It could be even crazier next year. So the Steelers are going to reassess things. I, you know, they might look for a veteran to kind of keep up the, you know, just to keep the offense going with a vet. Um, but. They could say, you know what, if the right guy falls to us in the first round, we may take that guy because, you know, a Phil Jerkovic, I'm not sure if he comes in the draft next year, if he's a top 10 pick, he might be a a top 20 pick or a top 25 pick. And that might be in the range that works for the Steelers, either as a natural pick or trading up to get one. Um, Tom, I I know you and I have talked about, you know, the trajectory of Ben and what things are. You Have you thought about, we've talked about what you see as maybe the future for the Steelers at you know at quarterback after Ben's done yeah you would think just the the, what you just laid out is probably the best roadmap to go on I would also caution or not a caution but but mention uh you know the the 49ers just two years ago went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo yeah and they had no idea a, a year earlier that Jimmy Garoppolo was even going to be on the market so sometimes we see in the NFL where uh Things work out where guys move. They get a chance at a veteran. And I mean, I'm not sure if if, if you wanted the quarterback uh, from Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, but I'm I can guarantee you, two or three years ago, we never had any inkling that Carson Wentz was going to become available. So a yeah. lot can change in a one year in the NFL, and uh, obviously the draft guys will be they will be who they will be, but sometimes a, a veteran quarterback for some possible reason. Uh, becomes available so I think it's it's one of those things you just have to answer uh, like a year from now right right yeah it, it's just it's too far ahead to 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 know anything right now and, and we'll we'll see how that plays out but our man Dan Dan LaVoy from uh, our man uh, Dan from San Fran he's the Niners fan that's always uh, hanging out with us we always appreciate you Dan he says Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback for the Steelers in 2022 Ooh. he's been a big Jimmy guy I told him I told him that year when they were headed to the Super Bowl I'm like look Jimmy's not the man he's 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 a passenger of a quarterback he he'll, he'll get the job done when it's there but he ain't gonna like be the game changer for you and of course Dan Dan's like uh, the 49er way is winning we we, we 
we we know, Dan. But he also has a hockey question, and it's to you, Taylor. It's a little fun one here. He says, Taylor, uh, will you be adding a Space Force patch to your Pens jerseys? But really, we've seen some fun warm-up jerseys. What are your favorites? To touch on the Space Force thing, the, for people that don't know, the uh, the Penguins had their military appreciation last night last night. Um, and so they wear specialty warm-up jerseys. They're actually designed by Zach Astonreese. Um, and as part of it, uh, each guy, were, they were able to pick which branch they wanted represented on, on the on the shoulder patch. Um, and, I mean, the uh, Space Force was one of the options. And <laughs> so, like, I saw that and I was like, oh, God, I was like, I need to, <laughs> like, I need to see who was going to pick the Space Force. Um and so, like, I'm up, yeah, like, they come out for warm-ups, and I'm up there, like, trying to, like, see who has the patch. Um, and it was, uh, uh, Redeem Zahorna had it. He, he took warm-ups, he didn't play, but Redeem Zahorna went with the Space Force. Um, uh, Amo Larmy on the taxi squad, who didn't take warm-ups, but his is up for auction. I saw he had it, too, the finished goalie, which, uh, knowing him makes sense. And then, um, Cody CC, Cody CC chose the Space Force. So, wow. Um, and they had like the the slogan. Each branch had like the slogans instead of the nameplate. I forget what the the space force one is. I saw people saying it was always aliens, but that's not what it is. <laughs> but uh, for favorite warm up jerseys, the ones they just had in Buffalo was was pretty cool. The Pride Night jerseys. Um, both teams had them uh, with like the rainbow numbers. I thought uh, I like the Penguins better than the. The penguins were like white with rainbow numbers. The sabers were gray with rainbow numbers. Those were cool, um, but the the coolest that I can think of just the ones they did for Crosby's thousandth game um, because they all wore Crosby C eighty seven. We so we've seen that before. Where like maybe for nights honoring a guy like that, they wore like a number. Like I know like the Capitals, they Backstrom just had his thousandth uh, game and they all wore like nineteen on the back. But throw names, but everyone was out there wearing the C, wearing Crosby's. Uh, Name they just and did that for Milan Lucic's too. Yeah, Calgary. It, it, it feels like there's been like like 50 guys having their thousandth game this season. Um, kind of yeah, sad year to have it with not a whole lot of fans able to see. But uh, uh, yeah, that's cool. But no, I mean, if you want like crazy jerseys, you have, you just have to look at the minor leagues. Um, mm. because in the minors they wear them for like the actual games. They're not just warm ups. So, like I know in like the ECHL, I think in the, the AHL too, they do like. SpongeBob nights, where like one team is SpongeBob, one team is Patrick, or like they do a lot of like, <laughs> um, like superhero nights where like it's, they're not even necessarily superheroes that go head to head, but like um, one team, I just saw like the indie fuel, like they all were Black Panther, and then like the other team was something like. Is the making like, is the is the making Whoopi still around? The what? The making Whoopi. Making Whoopi. No what that is. That was a minor <laughs> league hockey team. Uh, well, they, 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 no, they have a team um, in right. the SPHL. I don't, I can't off the top of my head. I don't know what their. It used to be their their logo. Their their logo was a fig leaf, uh, for making Whoopi. So uh, that was always one of my favorite minor league jerseys. They they do have a team in the SPHL, but um, they're the Mayhem. Mm. The mayhem. Oh, mayhem. Okay. oh, the poor Whoopi. <laughs> yeah that's where you see a bunch of like the weird the crazy names too D- dan lavoy does agree minor league jerseys are easily more funny I, we've talked about it before on the on these the the mike spearbar ones but um like the nailers they had like a 90s night and like 
they brought out like Carlton from Fresh Prince and like their, uh, <laughs> they replaced the logo on the front with like the, the wheel, the nailers of wheeling in like that font. And then like, they have like the, I don't know how to describe the print other than like, I was on like drink cups in the nineties, you know, like the teal and the purple. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, uh, I, I wish like Danny Cho was able to do more fun stuff like that. Maybe like wear them for the games too, because, um, in the NHL, they just wear them for, for warm-ups. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, I'll, anything, anytime you can get Alfonso Ribeiro involved, it's going to be a good show. Uh, America's honey, Funniest Home Videos. Uh, he's been a great host for that. All right, let's get let's get it moving here. We got a cr- question from Greg Cochran, or Craig Cochran, excuse me, Craig, uh, who asks, uh, when would the perfect bye week be for the Steelers? Uh, you know, so this is a good question because it was just announced uh, just a not too about an hour ago uh, that – the NFL is going schedule is is now set to be released on May twelfth. So that'll be well, it'll be a couple weeks after the draft. So you're looking at a situation where now you have a sense of okay, that's when we'll know when the Steelers are lining up with Aaron against Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and some of the really top tier teams they're going to have to face next year. But the answer, Craig. I think honestly, is later in the season. You saw you you saw how how beat up the Steelers got in, in the season. You kind of always want that bye week. I'd say like week eight, week nine, week ten, somewhere around around those weeks, because then that gives your your team a chance to say, "Ooh, that was a tough start to the season." Now let's get re-energized for a final push to get ready for the playoffs. Um, and and I, I think a prime example of who had benefited the most was the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go back and look at what Tom Brady was doing before their bye week late in the season. I think they had their bye week in either like early November. Um, And when they got out of that bye week, Tom Brady turned around from throwing multiple interception games and not doing too well to play a much better. Their defense got healthy and then they got on the run that allowed them to get to the playoffs and then keep building off of that to get to the Super Bowl. So to me, whenever I look at bye weeks, I look for mid-season to late parts of the year bye weeks so that you can actually get through it, which was why Steelers fans made such a stink and the Steelers made such a stink of losing their week or their week eight bye and then not getting a bye at all because that was a perfect situation for last year's Steelers. Think about it. They would have been seven and zero. they would have been rolling and, and, and playing very well, gotten the break that they that they deserved, and then would have been able to recharge and then get back into the second half of the season. And who knows, maybe they figure out some things that help them not have the collapse they did late in the year, but that's neither here nor there. Tom, where would you think the, the best place for the bye week for the Steelers would be? No, you're absolutely right. You, you want it later in the season. Um, and of course, I mean, it goes without saying just for, for all everyone's purposes, never to have another season like last year where they're just, there's so much uncertainty with games. I mean, that was just well, what a crazy season uh, the NFL was last year with the COVID. Uh, so many guys, uh, so many teams couldn't. There were a couple of teams couldn't play, and it always seemed to it, it always seemed to impact the the, the Steelers, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's like two or three times with mm-hmm. with Baltimore, with Tennessee, uh, and you think about that Baltimore week, Chris. Yeah. That's where the season kind of turned around, didn't it? I mean, they won that game. Uh, but things but got weird very convincingly. 
And it kind of all went downhill after that. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, not to make excuses, but uh, that's where the kind of the, 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 the genesis of their late season collapse uh, began. I agree. Is a huge part of it. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot more talk about the Steelers schedule coming up over the next few weeks as we get into that. Of course, the NFL draft coming up as well. Eric Stradiff, one of our, our one of our longtime listeners, viewers, commenters here. He asks, "Is there we going to see Cappy this weekend, Taylor?" You know, I don't know. He he did skate with the team today in practice in Cranberry. Um, he said he felt good, but didn't have like a necessarily a set timeline. He did say it was a foot injury, which you could kind of. Uh, guess if you don't remember he uh, I forget who they were playing but there was a clearing attempt that went it went up along the boards and when it came around it hit him um, and he mm-hmm. went down uh, that was the game where like NBC showed and he was like laying face down in the tunnel like before he like when before he went down to the locker room um, I still see people see people posting memes of that but uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah but so you, you couldn't tell where it hit him but he said he said it was a foot injury so it hit him in the foot um, but uh, if you go back to when Hextall spoke uh, the day of the trade deadline after it ended, he said uh, Kapanen was about 10 to 14 days out, which would put them at um, this coming Monday, which, I mean, if that timeline is accurate, I mean, you would think that maybe maybe this weekend he could get in a game. Um, yeah, but, you know, encouraging that he was uh, out there in a regular in a regular jersey today. So Didn't he, um, didn't he speak today too, T- Taylor? Yeah, yeah, like he, he and said, that's usually he a good sign. That's usually a good sign that the guy's about back. You'd think, I don't know, because when when Bluger was out, he spoke. Is that the, <laughs> the trying to get the right making, angle here? Um, make, when when, he, Blu- when Bluger uh, like returned to practice and and spoke though the first time, it was still like I feel like it was like another week or so before he came back. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Mark Vegas asks, uh He says, uh, "Don't know what to make him whoopee, but he loves the uh, he lo- he said Savannah's now the bananas. That yeah, kind of works. Though. Savannah banana. Uh, there that, you that, go. That's, that's a cool name. Um, switching a little bit gears here, just a little bit. We have a pit question. Not often we get those. Nice. Uh, uh, Turnpaw three asks, uh, uh, Chris, your best guess on how many of the eight possible pit Panthers get drafted. Uh, I'd actually argue there might be nine um, because you got DJ Turner, you got Bryce Hargrove. Um, and you've got Jason Pinnock along with the six that everyone talks about. So there could be nine, but I see seven getting drafted this year. So obvious ones, Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones, they'll be gone in the middle rounds. Um, then you're going to, you're going to get DeMar Hamlin in the middle rounds as well. Um, I've seen Jim Nagy actually posted something about him yesterday, just saying like, Hey, this guy's versatility and knowledge is really impressive. And he has the athleticism to play slot cornerback, strong safety and free safety. You want that. I know Paris Ford had a horrible combine and people are looking at that, but someone's going to see that, that, that production that he had in college football, and they're going to take a late round stab at him. Um, So you got two edge rushers, you got two safeties, you'll have Jalen Twyman, who's going to go somewhere in the middle, in the middle rounds. Um, so that that that's five right there. Um, and then on top of that, you're going to have Jimmy Morris. He goes somewhere in the I'd say in the five to seven round range, but he's, he's definitely getting picked this year. But the 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 what could answer your question turn, Paul, is three things. Jason Pinnock had a fantastic pro day for Pitt that put him on the map for some teams. He's like six foot, six foot one, ideal length for a cornerback, ran, ran a four, four, six, four, four, seven, 40 yard dash, had a really good vertical jump. And when you talk to receivers that play against him, they're like, that guy's tough. He's a dog. And he plays special teams. I think that he has a shot to make an NFL roster, especially in the sixth or seventh round. The wild card, the ex, the other wild cards, Bryce Hargrove, a guard who's kind of been pushed away 
um, because he wasn't an iconic player for the Panthers like Jimmy Morrissey was. But I think teams look at him, they're like, this guy still has talent. He could be a late-round pickup and be a good interior offensive lineman to put on your line. So he's another guy that could fit. But DJ Turner could sneak on a roster as well. Now, the one thing I'll say is this is a very deep wide receiver class. You got Clemson's Cornell Powell looking like a fifth or sixth round pick. That's scary because that guy was really talented. I I'd, I would have pegged him in other years as being a third round pick. But DJ Turner's advantages here is one, he had one year playing with Pitt and he looked really good while doing so. And he looked like a very good return guy who fielded punts didn't lose the ball and was able to get upfield quickly. Those things do get value. So uh, my, my number for your turn ball is seven pit Panthers getting drafted this year. I see that happening and Hey, they may prove me wrong and get eight, but at least six, most likely seven, possibly eight. So that'll be, that'll be interesting there. Thank you for your question. Turn paw. We're going to keep it moving here. Mark, who asked a question earlier, he said, uh, this team gets lazy. Of course, talking about penguins here. He says, this team gets lazy. Last night wasn't unique. In your opinion, is this a concern come playoff time? Is this, you know, is this, uh, um, is this something that wasn't unique to last night? Cause you guys talk about historically, this was numbers wise, but is this something that is becoming a theme with the penguins? I can't think of how many times that they've they've let it get this close, and they definitely haven't. It definitely hasn't been this bad of a collapse. But um, uh, they do. I mean, they do kind of sit back. But I mean, like I said, the the thing they said was, you know, like they got outworked, and like they said that um, against Buffalo too. When uh, from but from the start of the game, um, and that's what um, I mean. If you missed earlier, people are asked like, uh, you know, is this concerning? And Bluger said it's definitely you know, a little concerning that it's happening at this time of year. Um, I think, you know, once we get to the the playoffs, it's a different kind, and that's a different, you know, energy. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see them maybe sit back with a lead in the playoffs if they get one. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely not concerning this time of year when, you know, the, the division is as tight as it is. I still think it's hard. You know, we talked about this, Taylor, yesterday on the podcast. It, it's so hard to evaluate this team until all of again, assuming that they get all these guys back. We know Capitan's close. Uh, when Gino gets back, uh, what those guys look like when they're in the lineup? There's certainly, a guy like Malkin, when you're taking chances in games, having him on the ice as someone that can take it the other way on a counter uh, or a two-on-one, that kind of stuff. And with Capitan, I think is uh, a, I don't want to say a deterrent because you're still trying to score against them. But I think it helps. And again, I do think in some ways, you know, again, that was crazy last night. That was a uh, almost a, I don't want to say a one-off, but again, it, it had never happened in history. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go from there. We certainly will. Uh, let's keep it moving here with questions. Um, uh, question from Mark Faze. He says, uh, as far as running back at, at round uh, one or two, is that a must for the Steelers? Some suggest there are guys in the lower rounds, but I think they need top talent now. I agree with you, Mark. Um, you know, there's guys are like, what about Chuba Hubbard? What about Kenneth Gainwell? What about this guy? What about that guy? And I'm like, listen, those guys look like they could be good running backs in the NFL. They need a guy who they, who they they're very strong about being a good running back in the NFL and not just a good running back, a primary running back who becomes a, a serious threat out of the backfield. 
that's where I see the, the, the problem here. And again, they took their stabs in the, in the later rounds, uh, the last the last four NFL drafts. They picked James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane. None of them worked out yet. You know, James Conner's with the Cardinals now. Um, you know, we'll see how, how they play this out. But, you know, I think they need a guy. They haven't invested uh, uh, any, any top. Uh, any time you know in the top two rounds since Le'Veon Bell and we all saw how that worked out and uh, they it, after they picked Le'Veon Bell they didn't draft another running back uh, in from 2013 until 2017 when they picked James Conner with a third round comp pick so uh, you know I think that if, if they, they they know what they're doing if they get the right guy in that top three it works out and uh, that that fixes everything so thank you for your question Mark um, hey Chris have... I want to uh, Chris oh, yeah, I want to jump ahead, Tom, back sorry, in real quick to statistically to help answer the last question, the hockeyer question, the Penguins are 19, one and one uh, when leading after two periods. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, and you're supposed to, again, you're supposed to win when you're leading after two periods. But so the point is that, well, they're, you know, it may have gotten hairy and it's gotten hairy a couple of times. They usually still end up winning the games. And, and if you, if you take that, they're 10th in the league in that category. But if you, if you factor out teams that have only won, 12 or 13 games and then they're they're comfortably in the in the top seven or eight so they've been pretty good at, at holding on to leagues after the second period very good point up there and great great way, way to pull that up tom that's 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 well, we, they, they got this, this, this thing called the internet so <laughs> hey man i'll try to give you my, credit i figured with, you was with my, cracking with it on my, your notepad with my play school internet over here, uh, Wi-Fi, <laughs> I, I, I think I almost lost, uh, came off the page when I actually started making the computer do something else, but so far, so good. Yeah, you're doing great. The term boss says, thanks, Chris, for the pick question. Uh, all right, wait, let's go to a Penn's prospects question. Daniel Matos asks, apart from Felix Robert, are there any other surprise in Scranton for the Penguins? Felix Robert, he's uh, French-Canadian. My bad. He's, but I, you know, I thought it was Robert until he got smoked by two. But, um, no, but he's uh, – if you haven't, I've mentioned it on our podcast. I wrote about it on the site, but like he's been the most pleasant surprise uh, by far. Uh, and we'll spare the prospects. I mean, I think my expectations going into this season were kind of low for him just because, well, I mean, so they signed him out of the QMJHL and he had like crazy numbers in there, but he was playing with, you know, a lot of uh, like, like Samuel Poulian, like NHL prospects. And he is small. He's like five eight five nine. Um and before they signed him to like an AHL deal, he was committed to like Canadian university to play, which like, it's not like great hockey. So I was like, well, if he was going there and like no one else picked him up, like he can't be that good. Right. But no, he's um, been the the biggest surprise. I mean, he's five, eight, five, nine ish, but like he, he doesn't play like that. It's like, no one told him that he's that small. Um, he's a whole lot. He's like, he's not a Connor Sherry. Like you can't knock him off the puck really. Um, I, I posted like a, like a highlight on Twitter and on the site the other day, like he, like someone tried to hit him, like those bigger than him and like bounced off of him. Um, very gritty. Um, he's been putting up points too. But as far as like other surprises, I mean, they're uh, the top two leading scorers, uh, Tim Schaller and Nick Schilke, who like, I don't think anyone, was high on coming into the season because they are both on AHL deals. Um, neither of them are really prospects. I'm mean, Tim Schaller is 30. Uh, he played and he's he's played like 200 some games in the AHL. Um, but uh, Nick Schilke has only played in the AHL. He's I think like 25, 26. Um, he was a signing from Mike Vellucci before Vellucci got promoted to like assistant coach. Um, he played under Vellucci in Charlotte when they won the Calder Cup there. But yeah, I mean he's been. Uh, consistently going on like like he had like the longest point streak to start the season 
uh, and I mean, he's he's a right wing. Uh, I think he can play both wings, but yeah, he's he's been a good surprise too. Um, Bellagreve has been it's kind of been surprising how good he's been just because he it's such a difference from last year um I still don't know what it would take for him to get his shot just because of the depth chart he can play center and wing um but he's just been so clutch for Wilkes-Barre I think like uh it was of his 20 career uh AHL goals uh 12 of them have come in either the third period or overtime um and so, I mean, he's he like single-handedly won them a couple games this season. So Bellary's been a really pleasant surprise too. But I mean, Felix Robert, uh is just like the biggest steal. All right, we got to wrap it up here with some fire, fire rapid responses. First of all, Daniel J. Mattos keeping up the Carey Price jokes. He said, if Carey Price was the goalie, this never would have happened. Very true. Carey Price is the greatest goalie of all time. Greatest player of all time. Move over Michael Jordan. Um, all right. Um, let's go through some other things. Just want to make sure I miss. Uh, um, Apostolus Paul Lazarus uh, asks, why don't they want to sign Heinz Ward as a coach? Good question. Uh, Heinz Ward just got signed. They do he joined uh, Florida, Florida Atlantic University as their coach. So, um, the receiver, so uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, he seemed like he was around the team in 2017 as he was looking around. He became a position coach for the Jets. Um, it's a good question. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe some some guys aren't the fit that certain organizations want. You'd think that with Heinz Ward, the leadership that he brought to the Steelers locker room, that he'd want to be part of that. But maybe that's just something that they're not ready for yet. It's a very good question. Uh, if I get an answer, I'll certainly write about it. Um, uh, Dan, uh, Daniel Matos, uh, quick question here on hockey. Now that there aren't roster limits after the trade deadline, can the Penguins bring back POJ? Yeah, so the 23-man limit isn't around. The salary cap is still a thing. Um, so I don't I, I don't know why you would bring him back at this point because I, I don't – like, who, are you going to say, like, Pedersen? Like, if, if there's a spot for him, sure, bring him up. Um, there's no limitations, but at this point, I mean, he's quarterbacking the top power play in Wilkesburg, getting top minutes. He's like, killing penalties down there. It's better. I think it's better just to leave him down there um, until they need him. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get combine these next two questions because they're along the, the same lines. Uh, Craig Cochran asks, "How differently do you think that each of the top three running backs in this draft would be used year one by the Steelers?" Um, I think they're all primary backs. Um, Javante Williams is a power runner. Um, as is Najee Harris, but Najee Harris is, I think, more explosive, more athletic. He makes people miss better, which is why he, and he has better vision. He's the guy that I see being the pure number one back of this class. Travis Etienne, if he's used, if he's brought in, he's going to be used more like Alvin Kamara. You're going to want him to get him out in space. You're going to want him catching the football. You're going to want him using his speed to get around the edge. And that might change. You have a sort of paradigm shift about how the Steelers have used their running backs. That's going to be interesting. And combining with that, Randy Steele asks, uh, could Najee Harris be this year's Eddie Lacy? Uh, you know, the thing about Eddie Lacy is, like, Najee Harris is built very differently. Like, you know, you just look at – you compare their height and weight. He, he's he's much more fit. Uh, Eddie Lacy wasn't clearing six-foot guys with hurdles when he was at Alabama. He was a power running back who ran behind a really good offensive line, like Najee Harris did, but – Harris is more explosive. I like his footwork better, and he catches out the backfield phenomenally. If you saw him line up outside the numbers and some of the catches he was making, I think those Eddie Lacy comparisons would stop. But I understand everyone's always you know worried about missing on the running back position. Um, final thing here for both of you as hockey as our hockeyites, uh, we got Eric asking basically back to back Rutherford questions. Do you think Rutherford get, gets because uh, because? Uh, I'm not sure what that means. Gets cut. The next, the next go to the next one. Ah, there we go. Thank you. Will Rutherford get another job because I heard he wasn't done. Okay, yeah, that's what the problem was there. All right, what's what's your answer there? 
Oh, yeah, I mean, Rutherford's, he didn't retire. Mm. Um, you know, he's still, uh, I don't know, like as a GM, what do you want to be another GM? But like as like a, maybe a senior advisor of some sort for another team? Yeah, I think eventually he'd, he'd yeah, he's not he's not done. I think he, he gets a job somewhere eventually. Taylor, what happens if it all implodes in Philadelphia at the end of this year? Mm. You see Jim Rutherford in Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> I think Flyers fans would love that after what the Penguins got. Uh Hexall and stole Mark Friedman from them and now have Jeff Carter. Um, I think uh, Flyers fans are like that. Yeah, I don't know. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, answer my Mike Nesbitt, do I think that the, the Steelers will draft uh, Mills or Trask in uh, rounds two or three if they're available? They are quarterbacks. No, I don't like either one of them. Uh, you know, that's just happy, happy April 21st, everyone. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who came to the show and asked questions. Uh, last question here from Robert Fulton. Do I think the Pittsburgh Pirates win 80 games this year? No. no. Uh, but they, <laughs> None of us are baseballites, so we can't uh, give our – things thank you robert for the question thank you for all your questions if you're listening to the podcast version thank you for listening to it and do subscribe to dk sports radio we love all of our listeners and hey rate us five stars give us a positive comment when you do both at the same time you really help us out and subscribe to us we're on apple we're on spotify we're anywhere podcasts are hosts check us out we've got dk's daily shots all throughout the week and like 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 taylor and tom were talking about we got a new episode of the 66 to 87 podcast on your pittsburgh penguins coming up tomorrow. Thanks again.